The American people stand firm in the faith which has inspired this nation from the beginning. We believe that all men have a right to equal justice under law and equal opportunity to share in the common good. We believe that all men have the right to freedom of thought and expression. We believe that all men are created equal because they are created in the image of God. From this faith, we will not be moved. Hello, God bless America, and welcome to the Freedom of Thought podcast. I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Freedom of Thought is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps, and I thank you once and always for downloading and listening to the show. It's Thanksgiving once again, Thanksgiving 2023, so I've got to do a Freedom of Thought for sure to talk about Thanksgiving. Also to talk about, uh, at the time I'm officially recording this show, it is Wednesday night, November 22nd, so it's the also the 60-year anniversary of the assassination of John F. Kennedy, so I figure I'll throw that in a little bit as well, and how, well, you know, like mainstream media continues to completely dismiss the whole conversation of it could possibly be more than Lee Harvey Oswald, where I think it's pretty obvious that I don't know, but I don't necessarily have a huge case to present you. I'm probably not the expert uh, witness to talk about JFK, but at the same time, let's start off with Thanksgiving and we'll talk some JFK later and then wrap up some more with Thanksgiving and what it's all about and all of that. Of course, now 402, no, 403 years ago, it's already been that long, the Mayflower on November the 20, uh, November the 21st or possibly November 11th, 19, uh, 1620, the Mayflower dropped on um, dropped anchor near the tip of Cape Cod in Massachusetts, almost, again, over 400 years ago, 403 years ago. Obviously, an amazing, uh, uh, <laughs> an amazing voyage, definitely high risk. Uh, they went through some scary times, of course. The, the beam was cracked. And they used the printing press to push it back into place. Pretty impressive that they were able to do that. But a very dangerous, a very dangerous voyage as the pilgrims came here for freedom of religion, to worship the Lord as the way they wanted to, not being forced to worship as the way the government, the King of England wanted them to worship, more of like a Roman Catholic style. So they wanted to be more like Protestant uh, which obviously there's more going on there than just holding a rosary. Um, those of you in the Catholic faith, I have, um, I respect you. Don't, I, I, I don't mean to be rude and disrespectful. It's just, I don't know. I mean, England kind of had their way, and the pilgrims wanted to kind of, you know, the pilgrims wanted to be able to worship the Lord in a different way than the way England, like a more controlled way that England was, was uh causing so or was uh, basically forcing everybody to go about things in their Christianity so they wanted to leave the Church of England basically so yep uh, the Mayflower obviously that's kind of like you could say the Mayflower is the the topic of this year like every year I kind of maybe talk about something else maybe some years I'll talk about Miles Standish I'll talk about uh, um, William Bradford I'll talk about you know any of the other major pilgrims, maybe I could talk about some of the Native Americans like Squanto 
and such. Um, the maiden voyage of the Mayflower was 1609. Now, again, information courtesy of Wikipedia. It was out of service from 1622 to 1624. It was most likely taken apart by Ruth, uh, Ruther Hitteth, the shipbreaker, circa 1624. So maybe they used it to help build uh, houses and such. Heck, I mean, <laughs> even in Shining Force 2, a Sega Genesis game, where all the well, where a lot of the characters were from this particular kingdom, and the kingdom was being destroyed by the enemy in an earthquake and such. A lot of crazy stuff happened, and they had to get the heck out of there, or basically they're going to die. So they traveled across the ocean to the to a continent and tried to create a new a new kingdom. It was like New England, you know how they said New England, and. And that one, I forget the name of the, uh, I forget the name of the kingdom, but it's just a video game. So let's just say New Guardiana. I, I think that's something like that. Um, they tried to, uh, yep, so they called it New Guardiana. Or, and they broke the ship apart to start building the, um, to start building the new city, the new town, the new kingdom, this and that. So obviously like the houses and eventually the storage and such. So that's probably what happened to the Mayflower, unfortunately. Um... 180 tons plus were some of, uh, were, were, uh, that was the tonnage of it. The length was 80 by 90 feet on deck, 100 by 110 feet. Impressive there. Uh, there are around four decks. Okay. Capacity unknown, but carried approximately 135 people to Plymouth Colony. Plymouth Colony. Um, of course, the uh, Pilgrims, also known as the Puritans or the uh, the Pilgrim Fathers, as well, so they wanted to uh, reform and purify the Church of England in New England, of course. Christopher Jones was, uh, he owned one-fourth of the ship, basically, so he was like the main owner, you could say. <laughs> Interesting how that works out, but the Mayflower, yep, I mean, I like to, you know, lately it's like old, old, old ships have been on my mind, and it's, it's fascinating stuff, like um, there was a ship that sank around that time in the 1630s, um, around Sweden, and it kind of had that Mayflower look as well, maybe a little larger. It was a Viking ship, and it's in a museum now. It's been restored and everything. It's just unbelievable. Um, the Minnesota Wild, that's what kind of brings this up. The Minnesota Wild traveled to Sweden. That's our hockey team here in Minnesota. Uh, traveled to Sweden for a couple games in the Global Series, you can call it. A couple games against the Ottawa Senators and Toronto Maple Leafs. They lost in overtime twice. That's great. <laughs> the Wild, that is. They've not been playing well this year. Um, but no, they were they were there for that purpose. And the play-by-play -play voice of the Minnesota Wild on television, Anthony LaPantha, talked about how that was one of the most amazing parts of the voyage was seeing that old, old ship that had been uh, pulled out uh not that long ago, not that long ago, it was pulled out of the of the sea there and out of the ocean and was uh, restored completely. And it just looked unbelievable, unbelievable. And you could tell how it's that. It's like a 400-year-old ship or almost 400 years old. It was sunk in 30, uh, 1632. Wish I had the exact name of it, but we're not really here for that. But that's kind of what got me on the mind set. I'm thinking about the Mayflower, you know, those old, old ships and going back in time and what it must have been like to be on that ship and in the middle of the ocean and, and in that time of year where they had to go kind of later than they were hoping and they had to go further north than they were hoping. They wanted to go to Virginia, them being the pilgrims or the pilgrim fathers or the, 
yeah, Pilgrim Father, uh, Father Pilgrims. Um, they wanted to, yeah, they wanted to go to the Virginia area, but wound up up north in Boston, you know, basically like Massachusetts area, which is what we know of now. Back then it was what it was. There was really no name <laughs> at the time. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's why some of the oldest history of the United States is in Massachusetts. You know, you get 1,600 buildings. You get 1,600, uh, 1,700 bars. I mean, it's just unbelievable um, that stuff like that is still around from that far back. Like, we're talking generation from uh, to generation, passed down, passed down, passed down. So many generations. It's unbelievable. Um, a few years ago, I was at the Cedar Lake Beach. I believe it was the Point Beach of Cedar Lake. I overheard a woman saying that uh, she's a descendant, you know, her family uh, are descendants of William Bradford. It's just like, dang. I wanted to speak up and say something, but it's like, nah, she's with family members, just kind of talking at the beach, chilling, and it's like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to jump into that, but that's really, really cool. Um, obviously, after all these years, I'm sure there's a bajillion descendants when we're talking, I mean, my, my mother's, family, the Willards, first came to the United States in 1635, Simon Willard. And that's 12 generations ago. It could have been even longer because, yeah, so like when it comes to William Bradford, that could be more like 14 or 15 generations because, well, he's probably, I'm guessing he's older than Simon uh, Willard, first of all. He was born in like the 1590s, I believe, 1580s was William Bradford. And also the fact that there's a lot of gaps in the Willard family, like we're talking people having their next generation in their 40s, you know, so it's like there's a huge gap. So it could be like your grandpa is like 100 years old when you're, you know, not even that old yet. So it's like crazy. Uh, so stuff like that. Um, my dad's side kind of similar, but he's not he's not connected to the early days of the United States or North America or whatever you'd call this place, the, the colonies, basically. I mean, 1630s, that's the colonies. So pretty cool to think that the Wheelers go back that far. And that was in, like, Massachusetts. And, and of course it was, because it wasn't like people were hanging out here in Minnesota. Um, so, obviously, fascinating stuff. Um, Thanksgiving is a, is a special time. It's a favorite holiday of mine. Uh, it's the one holiday. The only form of work that I would ever do is podcasting, like Brave the Wild and this one are the only ones I'll do. Like Brave the Wild, it became a tradition years ago. When it's like, I, I do Brave the Wild on Thursdays, you know, when it's the regular season and when the lawn service is done for the year and I can get on like more of like a weekly schedule. That's, of course, the hockey show. If I said that six times already, I apologize. Um, so it's like Thanksgiving. Yeah. So Thanksgiving is kind of like the tradition, like the lawns are done or, or almost done. So there it is. Like I can start recording normally on Thanksgiving. And it's like, this is kind of a cool idea. It's fun. And it just stayed that way. I think I just, I, it started as Thanksgiving on a Thursday. I'd been doing Brave the Wild on Saturdays. And then it's like, why am I doing it on Saturdays? I kind of hate that. So let's move it back to Thursdays and just stay there. Yeah, so Thanksgiving actually kind of brought me to making Brave the Wild on Thursday. So of all things. And then, of course, freedom of thought and Thanksgiving in the same sentence is in honor, first of all. And it's kind of what freedom of thought is all about in a lot of ways patriotic and such. Um, this show is going to evolve, though. Uh, it's it's going to evolve. Uh, obviously, this is going to be the root of the show forever. Don't worry. It's not going to go away. It's never going to go away. But, yeah, I mean, we're going to get into, 
you know, like I talked about the the Nephilim giants and such, like in, in Genesis and and all that, like I talked about that back in the summer. I do want to go more into that kind of stuff, like that interesting, like the books of Genesis, uh, some Revelation, some, some Daniel, uh, obviously, some incredible, incredible stuff in the Bible. But uh, again, freedom of thought, Christian conservative, uh, God-fearing patriot of the United States, freedom of thought, it, it kind of, it's kind of all going to blend together. And that's kind of what I've always wanted this show to be anyway. So in, in a lot of ways, um, yeah, I mean, I am proud to say I'm a Christian conservative. I'm not going to, I'm, I'm not this, I'm not that, I'm not telling you what to do. Well, no, I'm not telling you what to do. But at the same time, I might be able to offer a suggestion. I might be able to offer <laughs> this or that. And you could offer me suggestions as well. Absolutely. You could offer suggestions. Uh, as long as <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to vote Democrat probably 99% of the time or more than that. Uh, unless there's only two Democrats and one is just uh, one's actually an American and the other's a commie, that's where I would vote Democrat only because there's two Democrats, or maybe the Republican is so bad and the Democrat is so surprisingly good, but that really hasn't happened yet. There's only one Democrat that sounded like they made sense the last 20 years or so, and that was Robert Kennedy Jr. And until it's like, okay, yeah, he's still very liberal anyway, though he is still very liberal on a lot of things. Um, so now we're going to lean back into John F. Kennedy here for a bit, just a bit. Um, I don't know. I mean, and then see, it's like the mainstream media, the Dan Barreros locally, but also nationally all over the place. They continue to insist, absolutely insist that there was only one shooter and it was Lee Harvey Oswald. And it's like the more and more you think about how far away Lee Harvey Oswald was to pull off that shot. And what a miracle that would have been, an, an evil, terrible miracle, but a miracle nonetheless to pull off what he did from that far, uh, a, a moving target and such. And either way, either way, to have the president of the United States in a vehicle with no top driving down the street in a big city, nonetheless, even if Lee Harvey Oswald was the lone gunman. Whose idea was it to have John F. Bleeping Kennedy during a, a time in this country with all the division in the country and the whole Russian crisis, Cuba, Russia, all that nonsense going on? Um, there's a division forever, you know, um, to have him drive down a major street of a major city, not him driving, but in the car, waving to people in the open like that, wide open, just in case, just in case some lunatic or some big government assassin or two or three or four or five or six or seven, in, in, you know, that are in the government, in the CIA, in the FBI, or God knows what else, some other, like the, the mafia, whatever it is, to, to make John F. Kennedy more of an, an easy target, so to speak. Because obviously, even if Lee Harvey Oswald had a miracle capability of a, uh, with, with that rifle, the sniper rifle, even if he could be able to pull it off, if the car had a top, it would be much tougher to pull off. So, uh, again, even if, even if, whose idea was it? So it's like, and whose state did John F. Kennedy get murdered in? Uh, Vice President Lyndon Baines Johnson. Who had the most to gain? <laughs> who had the most to gain out of John F. Kennedy's death? Lyndon Baines Johnson. That's right. And the big banks. 
who wanted the war in Vietnam to escalate. And the CIA and secret societies that uh, John F. Kennedy spoke out against. The secret societies. We are against secret societies. John F. Kennedy said it. Just look it up. It's, it's out there. I'm not quoting it correctly, really, really spectacularly, but he basically said that. As a, as a country, we are, we are against secret societies and secret oaths and secret proceedings. That's pretty much what he said there. That's paraphrasing, but that's, he did say those words. And not long after that, what happened? Uh, see, you know? And then, uh, obviously, there were disagreements between Kennedy and Lyndon Baines Johnson. And um, there was a time not long before that, basically, like where, you know, because Lyndon Baines Johnson was a, was a very vulgar man. And um, I know this is a show that maybe you don't want to hear me curse, but I'm going to say it just for this, because it's not the worst curse word in the history of the world here. But basically that uh, <laughs> Lyndon Baines Johnson said, that son of a bitch will never embarrass me again. Basically, like, slam, uh, you know, I don't know if he banged his fist on the table, but something along those lines. That SOB will never embarrass me again. Uh, it doesn't mean Lyndon Baines Johnson was the, uh, the ringleader in the whole thing, because I think, I truly believe it was a New World Order thing. New World Order meaning a lot of people involved, including a guy named, uh, well, a guy who was in the CIA and was in Dallas, Texas, and was in uh, was there. Doesn't mean he pie-fired the shot. He might have been one of the people firing shots. George Herbert Walker Bush. Yeah, yep, George Herbert Walker Bush was in the CIA during that time, was in the area during that time. That doesn't mean he fired the shot, but it doesn't mean that doesn't mean he was against anybody firing the shot, though, either. Um, he was a very young guy at the time, Herbert Walker Bush, George Herbert Walker Bush. Um, but obviously so many other factors during this whole thing um, with, with JFK. It's, it's frightening. Um, I, the, uh, the whole talk about the grassy knoll, shots heard from the grassy knoll and all of that. But again, they just want to go out of their way, the mainstream media and some, you know, the mainstream media one way or another on TV, uh, on TV on radio, on whatever. They just want to continue to push that. What are you talking about? Everybody wants to believe there's more to the story because it's more interesting than just a, a lone psycho. Well, I, I think Jack Ruby's murder of Lee Harvey Oswald not long after that isn't necessarily proof that, <laughs> there, that isn't necessarily proof that there was more to the story, but it's certainly at the very least, should raise some eyebrows. More or less than, oh, I, I'm a hero. I assassinated the killer. Well, but but why would you do that when the killer had a lot to, uh, maybe there was a possibility of getting some information um, where he truly was a patsy, first of all. He truly was a patsy for who really committed the murder. Multiple people with Lyndon Baines Johnson not at necessarily the helm of the whole thing, but with the most to gain. Kind of like a guy named uh, Larry Silverstein many years later in, uh, nine, you know, in 2001 who purchased the uh, World Trade Center facility, the entire thing, all the buildings, uh, just a couple of months before something happened. And he uh, put in a massive, massive, unbelievably large uh, insurance policy on it, on, on buildings that were losing $30 million a year and were being ordered to remove the asbestos 
from the steel columns in the building that would have cost over a billion dollars. A billion dollars. Instead, what happened with Lee Harvey? Ah, well, Lee Harvey Oswald. What happened with Larry Silverstein? The buildings went down. And then he got a... Uh, <laughs> He got enough money in the multi-billions, I believe it was $5 billion in insurance payouts, to rebuild a brand spanking new facility. Just like tearing down an old building and putting up a new one. Gee, that's never happened before. Never happened before. Just just tore it down and built a new one. Oh, a couple people died. Well, bleep happens. You know, hey, that's, uh, you know, gosh darn it. I, I feel bad about it, but got my brand new facility. Profitable. Billions of dollars. Billions. Yes. So, uh, coincidence? Gee, what a coincidence. <laughs> uh, I think there's a lot of coincidences as well. Obviously, there's a fad, there's that fascinating movie with Kevin Costner that came out in the, I believe it was in the uh, late 80s. It couldn't have been in the 90s or maybe it was the very beginning of the 90s where Jim Garrison was actually still alive. He, he died in 1992 where he had some interesting stuff to offer. Of course, Dan Barrero, come, uh, Dan Barrero and the, uh, the people he's had on talk about how Jim Garrison was just doing it for attention. Okay. Uh, I guess was, was making all that stuff up for attention, the magic bullet and all that. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I do not have black and white hardcore evidence to present to you, but I will present at least a conversation. I think it's worthy of a conversation that there's a lot more to the JFK assassination than what the media is telling you and what the media has been, as media has kept a secret or kept, kept, uh, you know, shoving down our throats for 60 bleeping years. And in the case of 9-11, 22 years now, 22 years. Also, the fact that a guy named George H.W. Bush was the vice president of Ronald Reagan. <laughs> when Ronald Reagan's presidency just began in 1981, there was an assassination attempt on, on Ronald Reagan's life, and the potential assassin, who was not a normal person either, not just kind of, you know, had connections to George H.W. Bush. He was related to him. Interesting. Who had the most to gain with the death of, John, of uh, Ronald Reagan? If that happened, who would have had the most to gain? George H.W. Bush. All right. I got into some crazy stuff here on Thanksgiving this year, but it's November 22nd this time around. It's like the day before Thanksgiving. It's November 22nd. <laughs> but that's the fun of freedom of freedom of thought. I mean, we're going to have some blurry creatures conversations as well. Of course, yeah, this is a mobile show. That's where you're hearing background noise. Um, but you're going to have some blurry creature conversation on here as well. I'm probably not going to get into Bigfoot. I, I, I don't know. Bigfoot's not as interesting to me as, say, actual giants that roam the earth that are in the Bible. Yeah, eh, that kind of stuff. So that, that conversation is going to happen on freedom of thought. That kind of conversation is going to happen. What I need your help, though, folks, is algorithms. Share, the, you know, not only positive ratings on, you know, Apple Podcasts or any of the other apps out there. Apple Podcasts, especially if you're using it, please put a five-star rating for this show. You don't have to comment anything, but just as long as you put in a five-star rating, it'll make a huge difference. It really will. 
It'll help the show. Um, if you want to give a do- donation, there's a link in the description. You don't have to. It's not required at all. Anybody that has, thank you, thank you, thank you for the bottom, from the bottom of my heart, even if it's 99 cents. Thank you. I'm not going to create a paywall. I, I just, I don't know, like, oh, oh you're not, oh, you're going to get extra content if you give me seven bucks a month, you know. Ah, I, I don't know. First of all, if I tried to pull that, uh, it's like I'd get nothing, you know. <laughs> so <laughs> it's not going to happen. Um, at least I can't imagine myself doing a paywall. But I mean, it's cute, I guess, if you can pull it off, and if it's you know the show's good and you like it enough, and you want and you're willing to do it, okay. But I'm in no position to even consider doing that right now. But one way or another, uh, if, yeah, if, if you'd like to donate on your own will, anything as low as ninety nine cents, how it would help the show, and it's in the link. Obviously, algorithms that's going to really help the most, I think. Um, you know, I mean, it would really help. Please, please, please put a positive five star rating for this show. It would really help especially an Apple podcast, but any of the other apps as well that you might be using that allow you to put ratings. Um, but now before I, before I leave though, I've got to get to the mailbag. I, I know there's a couple of comments from Mark Carlson out of Iowa on the Instagram, not on the Facebook, but the Instagram, interestingly, which is cool because there is an Instagram for freedom of thought. Uh, I want to make a hundred percent sure I'm giving you the right information though. It will be in the show description, freedom underscore of underscore thought 1776. Okay. Got it. Comments, comments. <laughs> Strikeforce.92. That would be Mark Carlson out of Iowa. Was also a Hall of Famer on the uh, for the Purple Mafia show. And if there is a Freedom of Thought Hall of Fame, Mark Carlson's in it. Like first first ballot, unanimous, and all that good stuff. <laughs> like Mariano Rivera for the Yankees. You know, like Mar uh, unanimous vote. Mark Carlson says, looking forward to the download. I've been busy. I've been too busy to check today. I bet it's I bet it's already in my inbox. And yes, I hope it yep, I hope you did enjoy it. And yep, we got a nice big juicy comment right after and I've got to click like and I didn't. I'm stupid here. Okay, Mark from Iowa, Mark Carlson. It is important to understand the right to vote in any election of representative um let me look at this a little better. It is important to understand the right to vote in any election of representatives is important. <clears throat> that is how conservatives have lost control. Focus on national elections grabs all the headlines. Meanwhile, who is winning seats in the local elections? Yeah, see, you have local, like say even your mayors, your state senators, um, you know, and your, your, your representative, like Elon bleeping Omar. Like obviously we're focused on Donald Trump versus Joe Biden and it's like a no-brainer for anybody that has any monicum of love for this country. Joe Biden hates you. He hates the country. Barack Obama hates you. He hates the country. But then locally, Ilan Omar hates you. She hates the country. She hates Christians. She hates Jews. She hates anything that isn't a left-wing Muslim, basically. A Muslim that's going to vote Democrat every election so they can do whatever the heck they want and they can take over. Allah Akbar, blah, 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 blah. You know, la-dee-da. Yeah, well, as far as I'm concerned, woman, you got something coming if you want to try to take over. It ain't happening. It's not happening. Next, uh, who is your, who is on your country, uh, on your county board? Yeah, see, like, like sheriffs and such. Yeah, that's really good. Who's on your county board, your school board, your district supervisor? See, I got some learning to do myself, man, you know? 
I've got some learning to do myself, no doubt. Hey, Joey, this was a good episode, and it reminded me of Governor Ventura's story. Yep, I would love to hear you do an interview with him today. I know he gave credit to the voting of young voters for his success. Is that what's happening in Minnesota politics today? Um, yep, and I, I, it can be. It absolutely can be. And unfortunately, young people are voting more and more left than ever, it seems like. But I suppose there are some young conservatives. There was talk about how Gen Z was the most conservative generation uh, in several generations in a row, getting back to the, at least the boomers, which kind of got going with the uh, the Carters and the Clintons and such. <clears throat> the Carters, the Clintons, um, blah, 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 blah. But I think millennials absolutely put Obama in office. God. And um, Biden, I think, I think it was a flat-out cheat. It was a cheat. There was, There's no way... There is no way Joe Biden won that election, you know. As for Jesse Ventura, again, before I continue the next paragraph here, uh, Jesse Ventura to me is a left winger, unfortunately. Um, He's independent, but he definitely leans left. He definitely leans left versus right. Um, But again, it was an amazing story when he won. And yes, I would take Jesse Ventura any day of the week over a Skip Humphrey, who was up for election at the time. I would take him any day of the week over a Mark Dayton. I would take him any day of the week over uh, Tim Walls, uh, again, the local governors. So yes, credit to Ventura that way. Unfortunately, he is a left-leaning independent. There's no doubt. Um, he's pro-choice. Okay, whatever. He's pro, yeah, he's pro, pro-gay this, pro-gay that. Um he is pretty much left on every issue, unfortunately, but but at least he has an open mind when it comes to a lot of crazy things that have happened, like JFK, like 9-11, <clears throat> like uh, stuff like HARP. That could be a conversation someday. So that was interesting. Some some um, <clears throat> manipulation out there of the weather and of climate possibly as well, uh, where these people try to play God. And well, how do you think this Antichrist is going to be able to perform miracles with this crazy technology where all of a sudden hurricanes are here? You can control a hurricane. It's beyond crazy. It might sound like, okay, Joey's a kook, but uh, I I don't know. I, I think I think there, 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 I think there's a distinct possibility of that. I, I do. Um, so now we'll continue what uh, Mark has to say. Sorry if I'm bantering off here. When will voters in Minnesota wake up? Yeah, that's a good question. The Minnesotans, I know, are not happy. They have not been happy for a long time. That would be me too, my friend. Um, It is so freaking liberal here. It's not even funny, by the way. Um, That are far from the big city, but complain about big city ideas are for big city people, yet paid for by the citizens that have nothing to do with any large community, let alone the Twin Cities. To me, it seems like Minnesota and the Twin Cities itself won't be happy until they are just like Illinois and Chicago. Yep, I've been making that comparison as well in my head. Yeah, where it's just cobalt blue politically. And it is, though. I mean, every bleeping election here voted Democrat last time around, the last two times or so. Um, And you had people complaining when, like, one Republican won. Oh, that figures, da 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 da. Yeah, one. And I, I remember even responding to the person. This was on Facebook. I responded to the person like, "Why we can't have one stinking? We can't have one stinking representative. It has to be a hundred percent Democrat. Like, come on, my God! It takes two wings to fly. Have mercy, have mercy. 
So I even said that to the person, like, you're nuts. Like, come on. And, of course, they didn't respond because, you know, I mean, why respond to a tinfoil hat like me? Oh, the guy's nuts. Anyhow, let's backtrack. To me, it seems like Minnesota and the Twin Cities itself won't be happy until they are just like Illinois and Chicago with taxes and corruption for all, uh, for all and lots of crime. Thanks for the show, Joey, and you are very welcome. Thank you for commenting, Mark, and thank you for your support. And I mean that with all my heart. Um, the crime. Oh boy. Could I get into crime? Yeah. That's probably going to be another episode, but I can kind of give a little hint to it about how literally there are certain groups that can literally do anything. They can do anything. And at worst, they'll be in a cop car for a minute. They might be at the station for a little while after like maybe robbing somebody's car, breaking into it and robbing it. And they, you can go. It's okay. In California, you can rob up to $900 from like a Target or something like that. And you can go. You can go. $900, you can rob up to $900 worth of, worth of merchandise. And you can go. Have a good one. I remember Jim, uh, Jim Hammond of the uh, Final Hour podcast saying, ah, let's go to California. Like, you know, he was like obviously being sarcastic. Yeah, guys, I'm going to California then if, if they're going to do that. And it's just like, yeah. It's just making fun of how insane and stupid it is. Like, how can you be that? How? Like, not even an ounce of moral compass whatsoever. Um, reprobate minds controlling this country on all levels, from the school boards to even, like, chief of police. Obviously, the FBI is insanely corrupt. It's been corrupt since the 70s and 60s, probably back to at least Kennedy. Gosh, probably all the way back to Kennedy, yeah. A CIA probably never should have existed. It's corrupt, <laughs> insanely corrupt and they're basically 100% democrat anyway and so's the FBI which is weird why is the FBI democrat i guess it just is um i guess it just is so with all of that said i want to thank you mark so much and i want to thank all of you and on thanksgiving i'm thankful for you i'm thankful for you i'm thankful to still be in this country despite how much things have fallen despite how terrible things have become despite how terrible this president is and the local uh, garbage on all levels, from Tim Walls to Ilan Omar to school board members that want to have drag queen, you know, classes basically all over the country. It's just ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Um, green Step Cities, which are all over the place here in Minnesota, uh, even in the West, yeah, the West suburbs like New Hope and Golden Valley, Crystal, I see the signs everywhere, Green Step City, where it's kind of like a step towards communism, folks. And I kind of knew it just seeing it, Green Step, like, you know, green green this, green that, where, yeah, it sounds nice, you know, environmental, blah, 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 but it's going to be control, total control. And that's what these people are looking for, total control over, over you, over you, over your kids, to a point of um, you can't even be a parent. You can't even be a parent. No, no, like uh, Max is going to be Maxine now because they, not he or she, they say so. They have the choice. They, not him, not him. His name is Max. No, they, they. It's it's Maxine, damn it. Sorry for the French there. Um, yeah, yep. Yeah, he has the choice. Even though he's eight years old, they are eight years old. They get the choice. They, right? Because that's the pronouns they want. They, when they're going to be a tranny. 
okay, transvestite, whatever the word is. Um, it's just absolutely crazy. So uh, it's absolutely crazy. So eight-year-olds have a choice to change their uh, gender because they, they just kind of felt like Barbie today rather than uh, Hot Wheels. Well, gosh darn it, that, it's Maxine. Hey, Maxine, how are you? Well, nice to meet you, Maxine. Um, here's your Barbie doll, I guess. Okay, I think I've dragged that out enough. Back to Thanksgiving. I am so sorry, <laughs> but that's kind of how it is. It's, that's the way it is. Um, <clears throat> Thanksgiving, to me, is my favorite holiday of the year. It's the end of the lawn season or getting very close to it. Um, you're leading into Christmas, which is really nice and fun. Obviously, I, I don't like the stores. I don't like the busy stores. I don't like the busy restaurants and the busy, 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 busy groceries and all that. It's annoying. But Christmas is wonderful. The Christmas lights that are all around you. Um, it's, it's, a, it's just a very special time. And you're leading into, as they, they call it the holiday season, I call it Christmas you get the best beer in the world, like Celebration IPA, you know, stuff like that. So <laughs> not that I need to talk about beer right now or anything like that, but it is the, it's just a wonderful time of year. And then the, the, the other thing is when it ends, which it always does, and it goes so quickly, and then the next thing you know is January 2nd or whatever. Well, what do you get to look forward to from January 2nd? Spring. Not because not because it's spring on January 2nd, but because it's oh so much closer. Because what's next on deck? Spring. It's winter. It's cold. It's, it's this and that. But it's going to be spring right before you know it. So that's the one positive about that. Like, say, even though the Christmas season ends and it's sad to have to, you know, you see a lot of the lights kind of get taken down and such. But a lot of them stay up in December and all that. But at least you get to enjoy it still for a while. People leave it up. But then you get to, you know, football playoffs. You got something to look forward to on the weekends. If you like the bowl season, that too. But I don't care about college football very much because it's the same stupid teams every stupid year. Oh, Ohio State. I can't wait to see them. Oh, Alabama. Oh, Georgia. Oh, my God. The same freaking teams every year. At least in football, once in a while, you might get somebody else. It's not San Francisco and Dallas every year like it used to be in the NFC title game. Though... 49ers are okay. I'd rather see them than uh, Dallas. I've gone everywhere. Uh, Thanksgiving, of course, you get some pretty good matchups in the NFL this year. So then I go back to sports again. <laughs> but also, again, I mean, what's your favorite part of it? What's your favorite part of the meal? Is it the turkey itself? And then when you talk about the turkey, is it the white? Is it the dark? I like the dark, but I have to have both. I have to have both. I have to have some white. Um, there's something magically special about dark turkey because you never really get to have dark turkey, especially when you have turkey breast, turkey breast, turkey breast. Like when you ever get to have turkey, it's usually turkey breast. So when you get to have dark meat turkey, it's kind of like, mmm, it's a little extra rich and it's really good. So I, I, I lean dark, but I'll have some light as well because you got to have both. Um, obviously the cranberry sauce, legendary. Uh, long as people know how to make gravy, holy crap, that's as good as it gets. Like, you can put gravy on anything except for, well, fruit and vegetables, but uh, but the mashed potatoes on the stuffing on the turkey. And I hear people saying, oh, I don't like stuffing. I don't like turkey. Ugh, go away. If, if I hear about ham instead of turkey, I'm going to be like, you know what? I'm out of here. <laughs> or dare I say, a completely different, like, country's food. Are you kidding me? On Thanksgiving? No. I don't want Chinese food. I don't want Vietnamese food. You know? 
I don't want tacos or anything like that. It's no offense. I, I, I can eat that stuff 364 days a year. But that 365th day called Thanksgiving, I want turkey. I want stuffing. Uh, you know, yams with uh, marshmallows, all that wonderful stuff. Yeah. Doggone it. So cranberry sauce and this and then jello. You know, it's wonderful. A French silk pie, a pumpkin pie, a pecan pie, like Mac Hammond likes. That's Jim's father, of course, Living Word Christian Center, Brooklyn Park, Minnesota. Okay. Now I've, uh, yep, came back to Thanksgiving, kind of like a lighter mood, thinking about the food and such. I've gone all over the place, opened up with the Mayflower, got into JFK, got into local politics. Thank you, Mark. That was awesome. Um, and then uh, into, uh, back to Thanksgiving, uh, the actual meal. And of course, remember to be thankful. Remember to be thankful to have a roof over your head. Like I, I, I am. I mean, <laughs> let's just say some paperwork got messed up at the apartment where it's kind of my fault. Like the phone number was typed in incorrectly. They were trying to text me since they don't email. They didn't email me, which was really weird because their communication sucks. Um, and let's just say the lease was only half signed and it was like turning your keys next Tuesday or whatever the heck day it was. I'm like, wait, whoa, 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 what? Tur turn in my keys? What are you talking about? I filled out the lease three months ago. No, you didn't. Only you did. You have Your wife has to sign it too, and she never did, and we contacted you 500 times. Holy crap. That was on the day called Juneteenth, by the way, the end of June almost, kind of, sort of, where um, I was sitting at the lake, using, you know, uh, enjoying the day off by the beach, yeah, uh, Fish Lake, uh, Fish Lake around Maple Grove or Ply Plymouth, and then found out I could have been, uh, yeah, I could have been out, could have been, <laughs> I could have been on, on, I, I could have been out of the apartment, and it's like, holy crap, this is unbelievable. And then, but I'm thankful, thank you, thank you, Lord, that we were able to clear things up and the management was understanding enough to let us stay, despite the possibility of a new tenant possibly moving into that exact unit in a week. Holy cow. Like, could you imagine you need to have your keys turned in next week and you had no knowledge of it uh, and thinking everything was fine with the lease? Pretty scary stuff. I mean, scary stuff. <laughs> so, I mean, you, you almost have a heart attack. I mean, I almost did that day. I was running. My chest was burning. I was like, I'm, I got to get out of here. Oh, like from the beach. My chest was burning, man. But thankfully, thank you, Lord. I'm thankful today to have the roof over my head. You know, it's not the best apartment in the world, but it's a decent location because it's Golden Valley, Minnesota. That's a start, close to this beautiful park I'm at right now. And, uh, yeah, boy, that's one thing to be thankful for. It really is. I'm thankful to have a, uh, I'm, you know, see, like there were years ago where, like, we lost the Minnesota North Stars. And then when we got hockey back, oh, maybe the Timberwolves or the Twins are going to leave, or maybe the Vikings. I'm thankful that we have four teams. We have core four teams in Minnesota. I'm thankful for that. You know, I'm very thankful for that. I'm thankful that uh, Minnesota politics are, uh, they can only get better. Let's just leave it at that. At least I would hope so. I would hope so, because if they get any worse, I, I don't know. I mean, I suppose anything could get worse, too. But <laughs> I'm thankful that, uh, well, stepping on in faith that Minnesota politics will improve in a big way. Um, with that said, Thank you, thank you so much for listening. Please tell your friends. Please, please put a positive rating, a five-star rating, not positive rating, a five-star rating on any on any 
podcasting app, podcatching, whatever they call that app out there, if it's Apple Podcast, uh, uh, Spotify, or any others that allow you to do that, please, please need your help. It would really help develop this show. This show needs to get past all the weeds out there. This is a show where I truly believe in this country. I truly want this country to turn back to the Lord. I want this country to bring back its roots as well and stop, you know, like, if you think society is better today than it was even 20 years ago, you're out of your freaking mind. You're out of your mind if you think it's better. So that type of thing, like purple hair, this and green and piercings everywhere that like, no, man, no, that doesn't work. It's not good. We're not going in a better direction. We're not. Where men and women all look the same. That's kind of weird. It's not going to work for me, man. It's, it's, it's not it's not about me, though. It's not going to work for anybody. It's not going to work. It's not better. People are going to be confused. People are going to be divided and so on and so forth. With that said, happy Thanksgiving. <laughs> this up and down crazy episode of Freedom of Thought. I cannot believe how long I've been at this. 45 minutes. Oh, my gosh. Wow. I, I've, I, I don't know. I had a lot to say. And I hope you don't mind. Please share this show with anybody out there. Happy Thanksgiving. God bless you. And God bless the United States of America. <laughs>